This is the Austin Life Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. My name is Corey. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, my family moved here almost a little over two years ago. Uh, Mike, our other pastor, their family moved a couple months after that. Uh, and we just believed that God was telling us to move to Austin uh, to start a church that was focused on leading people to life in Jesus. Um, we believe everybody in every wor- culture and every um, part of the world is looking to make the most out of life um, and that only Jesus will satisfy. That, that was the beauty of that song. And even as we, we move into the, the message today on the Sabbath was the, the idea that only he fills us up, that we can try to fill our lives with a number of other things and no doubt everyone could list out what we've tried to fill our lives with. And, and we all know that none of those ultimately do. If they, they end up leaving something lacking. Um, Christ never does. Like he, He's never going to fall short. And so that's what we wanted to do as a church was to lead people to life in Jesus. So just know whether you come here and, and you have a relationship with God, you've trusted Christ before, or, or whether you come here and you don't, and you don't even know what you believe, if you, like what you think about Jesus, um, no matter where you are on that spectrum, Our hope is that today and every time um, we get a chance to be together, that we'll just take a little step further and just know God a little bit more. Um, That's our hope. Uh, That's our hope for everyone today. Um, Let let me just go ahead and say, if if you haven't filled out a Connect card, we'd love for you to. This is just a way not for us to spam you, um, but just to hear from you and hear how things went, see things from your perspective, um, and see if you have any questions that maybe we could answer um, and so we'd love for you to fill this out, leave it at the table in the back. You could also trade it in for a free shirt. If you've never gotten an Austin Life t-shirt, the first one is free. After that, we ask for $5 just to help us cover costs. Um, but you can grab a shirt in the back. And then today, if you don't already have plans, um, after worship, we're having a potluck lunch. So we're going to do that the first Sunday of every month. Um, one of the big values for us is that we, we believe there should always be an open seat at the table. For anyone and everyone to come and to sit and to eat and to talk and to explore who Jesus is. And so we, we literally want to sit around the table and eat together um, and invite people in. And so first Sunday of every month, um, we're going to do that together. So that is today. Um, if you don't have plans, then please, please stay. Um, and and that will go on from, for every, every first Sunday of the month after that. Um, so we're going to be in Exodus 20 is where we're going to start. If you have a Bible and you want to turn there, uh, verses will be on the screens. If you don't have a Bible... Um, there's always some on the table in the back uh, that when you come in, you can grab, you can use, you can keep if you don't own a Bible. Uh, we'd love for you to have a Bible. Uh, for us, we, we believe that um, this is the only thing in the world that is absolutely true. Uh, if I just start coming up here and telling you my thoughts or opinions or, or a good story, um, but it's not coming from here, um, then I encourage you to find another church um, because I'm, I'm going to mess up all over the place. Um, this is not. And so we always want to pull from here. And so if you don't have a Bible, please grab one, keep it. If you've got a, a neighbor or a roommate that doesn't have one, give it away. Um, we would love for, for you to have that. So we're going to start in Exodus 20. We'll kind of jump around a bit. Um, but let, let's pray together um, if that's okay. God, as we open up your word, um, Hebrews 4 tells us that it is living and active. Uh, it is your word. It is not just some some font printed on a piece of paper, but it is um, inspired by your spirit, given to to people over generations and thousands of years where you tell one story and you give it to us that we could know you and follow you. And so um, speak to us today, God. Uh, your, your voice is the only one um, that we need to hear. Um, 
Let me invite you just to take a second where you are, and would you just in your own words, in your mind, your heart, would you, would you pray to God and ask him to, to speak to you um, directly? God, we want to hear from you. It's in Christ we pray. Amen. So if we were walking down the street, and, or if you're walking down the street and you saw anyone here, and you asked the question, hey, how are you? What, what do you think, like what would be one of some of the most common answers that you would get back to that question? How are you? Good? That is an incredibly common answer. Rarely does it actually mean what it says, but it's cool. That's a whole other story. Um, something else. What else? So, Fine. I thought, anything else? Busy? Yes. Tired? Uh-huh. Bless? Yeah. So, I, 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 Mike, Mike, you're, that, that's you're cheating. I'm kidding. So, I think, I think one of the most common answers, I think probably the most common answer is good, in my opinion. I think one of the top two or three is busy, or some version of it, right? Like, I'm, I'm busy, I'm tired, I've just been, you know, it's been crazy. Like, how was this last season? Busy. You know, like, I've said that a ton recently, um, and, and it's just, it's just, I think, our culture, we are overwhelmed and overloaded with stuff from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. We are constantly going. Anyone ever thought or said, like, if only I had five more hours in the day? Like, if the day could just be five hours longer, are you kidding? You know how much stuff I could just get done? And, and in reality, like, we would get the five more hours and then just think, like, gosh, if only we had two more hours. Like, I could, I could really, like, knock off these last two things on my to-do list that never actually ends. You know, if you finish your to-do list, like, I applaud you, um, but I feel like there's always something more to be done. Um, but that's because we live in a world that is constantly, constantly, constantly busy. So a fun fact I learned, um, prior to 1879, the average number of hours of sleep per night was 11 hours of sleep per night. Like that was, that was average. Anyone here averaging 11 hours of sleep a night? Okay, I, I, didn't, I didn't think so. You know what happened in 1879? The invention of the 24-hour day, also known as the light bulb. The light bulb was invented in 1879, and from that point on, people's work hours didn't end when the sun went down. It just carried into the next few hours, right? It was this idea of like, I don't, I don't have to turn it off now. I'm able to keep working into the night, into the darkness. And so our number of sleep, literally the hours that we have sleep at night has gone down significantly from that point where we just try to cram in things all hours of the day. The invention of the internet has been, oh my gosh, like it, now we can always be on, right? Like there's always something we can be binge watching or listening to or, or emailing or doing whatever. Like we are constantly a busy, busy people. And yet the reality is studies show that psychologically, physically, relationally, the, the busyness of our lives is ruining our lives. That physically our bodies are, are breaking down faster because we're constantly working more than we've ever worked in our lives. Psychologically, that if you work an 11-hour workday, you have a 250% greater chance of depression. 250% greater chance of depression because we're, we're pushing our bodies past the designed limits. More than one family easily, I mean, and I'm sure we can even talk to our own, but more than one family has seen the, the depreciation of their own family because of, of busyness, of work, of constantly on the go. So it is 
It is, it is destroying us. But even more so spiritually, busyness is crowding out the sheer capacity and ability to see and know God. We're so busy that we literally don't have time. Like we just don't have the time or the space to sit and to see and know God. And, and we just don't now have the ability. Like it's just, we're not able to because we're so easily distracted. We don't know how to just sit and be still. The idea of praying more than 30 seconds or two minutes and my attention, uh, it's gone. Like, I'm like, I don't even, what was, where was I? What was I doing? Right, to sit and read for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. And our attention is, this busyness is killing us. I anybody else feel that way? Anybody else just feel, take out your own spiritual life, take just life in general, feel like you're, you're tapped, you're, you're, you know, you're redlining. Every day, you're just hitting the max. And then spiritually, of course, right? Like, we're going to suffer from that. And yet the core of Christianity is not about doing more. The core of Christianity is about resting in what Christ has done for us and enjoying the freedom that he brings. Like that's the foundation of what Christianity is. It's not about doing more, hustling, and, and, and achieving this so that God is proud of us. It's about resting in what Christ has done and receiving the freedom that he brings. And yet we're so busy, we, we, we don't do that. We don't have the time or the ability to do that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, a verse that I'm like daily trying to figure out, come to me all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Anyone else read that and think like, okay, that's, like, that's a great verse for a coffee mug, but it's not a great verse for real life. Like I just honestly, I read that, I'm like, Jesus, awesome, thank you, but I don't know. Like you're not living in 2019. Yet, yet either it's true or, or we can just go ahead and say, hey, it's cool, let's get rid of everything, right? Like, so we've got to say, okay, Je the invitation from Jesus is to come to him and find rest. That has to be a true invitation, which is why God holds the Sabbath so high. It's why Jesus held the Sabbath so high. It's why you and I should hold the Sabbath so high, because we're so busy that we're crowding out our ability to see and to know the living God, the one who we come to to find rest. And so I just wanted to look at what the Sabbath is. What does that, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? Um, in Exodus 20, we see the introduction of the Sabbath in the Ten Commandments. Verse, verse 8, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it and keep it holy. It's a command from God to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, let me, let me give a prerequisite for, for a worldview for how we should look at this verse. I, I think a lot of times, um, and especially, maybe it's different different cultures, I'll just speak to us, we, we see rules and we see commands and we see kind of boundaries, and our tendency is to be like, whoa, that's so oppressive and restrictive. Like, don't, don't box me in. Like, don't put rules on me. Tell me how to live my life and what to do. Um, and so we, we don't like someone to tell us, hey, here's what you should do. Here's how to live because we don't want anybody to tell us what to do with our lives. But, but yet we know is because the fact that we're all alive today, we've probably had someone as we were growing up that was like, hey, don't, don't play in the street. Like, that's probably a good boundary to not, you know, like, go do a puzzle in the street. That's not going to go well for you. So we, we have boundaries in our lives. It's like, hey, maybe, maybe you shouldn't jump off that cliff. Just, just a thought, like an idea, right? So we, we have rules and boundaries that, 
that we know, I mean, these are for my good. Like these rules and boundaries aren't actually holding back from me. They're keeping me alive. They, they're giving me more of life. And, and, and so what we need to know from the Bible and from God is that his invitation, his, his commands, his rules are not to oppress or to restrict. They are to give us life. Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it abundantly, excessively, superfluously. I love that word, right? Like, that's his idea is that he wants us to have the most of life. Ultimately, it's in his presence. But he gives us these rules and these boundaries so that we can actually have that. Because when we step outside of it, that's when things start to go south. And so when we look at this command to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, we've got to look at it from this worldview that God is a good father. And he's seeking to give us the best. If we come at it like, oh, God's trying to oppress me, then, yeah, then we're not going to hear it. We're not going to understand it. But when we know that's his desire, th then we can start to look at the commands and understand them better. So remember the Sabbath and keep it, keep it holy. And so what, what is the Sabbath? Is it something that, that you and I are supposed to practice today? Is it important for us? So I, I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but what we see in the New Testament with Jesus um, is that he is practicing the Sabbath and also implementing the Sabbath to others around him. And so the New Testament church, they practice the Sabbath. It is a model that has been practiced from Genesis to Jesus through the New Testament church. And so we'd be foolish to not think that it's important for us. Like we'd be incredibly prideful and arrogant to say, oh, that was great for them, but not for me. And so we've got to take this command and say, no, this, this command still matters. Like following this is still true. It's still important. So what is the Sabbath? Let's read Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. To the Lord your God, on it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is with your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 2. You don't have to turn there. It's going to be on the screen. Um, and Jesus, it, it says on, in verse 23, one Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, this is key, the Sabbath was made for man. The Sabbath was made for man. It's to be something for him, positively benefiting, benefiting him, and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So I just want to take those, those two passages, right? Mark 2 and Exodus 20. Just ask the question, what is the Sabbath? So the, the way, my definition, just what I, I took away from this is, the Sabbath is a tangible gift of rest as we intentionally cease working and instead focus our lives to see and know God. It's a tangible gift for us. That's what Jesus said. The Sabbath was created for man. It's a tangible gift for you and me of rest. Like We should experience rest on the Sabbath. We should experience rejuvenation on the Sabbath. And we do it as we intentionally cease working 
and instead focus our lives to see and to know God. So the, the Sabbath, I, I don't know, first thought if it comes to mind, if, like I thought for a long time, like that equals Sunday. Sabbath equals Sunday. Um, but, but that's not what the word Sabbath means. The word Sabbath doesn't translate to Sunday or Saturday um, for the Old Testament. Um, Jesus, he, he loosened up the, the grip on the, the kind of the rigid structure of it, you know, saying the Sabbath is for man. There's a heart for you. Um, and, and so it doesn't necessarily mean Sunday. The, the word Sabbath literally translates to mean day of rest. So Sabbath literally translates to mean day of rest. It is a day where we cease striving we, we, we stop working, we stop hustling, we stop doing, we stop working and creating to move the ball down the field, and instead, we enjoy and live in the present. We stop trying to just anxiously or worriedly like move things along, and instead, we, we leave all that aside. We turn off, and we let our mind and our heart and our soul be refreshed and restored in living it was uh, the, the great Ferris Bueller. I, I may be dating myself a little bit, but surely y'all know Ferris Bueller's day off, right? The great Ferris Bueller said, life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. Brilliant. Brilliant quote, Ferris. Brilliant. That's awesome. That's the essence of a Sabbath. Like we're moving really fast all the time, all the time, all the time. And if we don't stop and be present then we're just going to keep missing all of life. We're going to get down the road and look back and go, I didn't really enjoy or experience any of what God created. I didn't really soak in anything. And so the word Sabbath is literally a time where we stop doing the normal work of life and we intentionally enjoy and live life. God, he, he began this, you know, Exodus 20, it points us to that as the model that, on the, that for six days God created, he was the creator, and on the seventh day he stopped creating. He stopped doing his job description of creating, and it says that he rested. It doesn't mean that God like, needed a nap, that he was worn down, and it's like, oh man, like, he's not going to make it if he doesn't have that seventh day. Um, God's just fine, um, he's going to be okay. W what it means is that he created, he created, and then he lived in his creation. He enjoyed his creation. He allowed it to be something that was life-giving to him, that, that, that encouraged and replenished his soul. And so he stopped working in order not to keep doing, but to be and to live in what is. And so how long, what does that mean then? Does that mean that the Sabbath is a literal 24-hour? And, and I think what we see with Jesus is that he, he loosens the grip on that a little bit. Right, where he says, like, hey, you don't have to, like, it's not, the, the, the Sabbath, man wasn't created for the Sabbath, like, to, to follow the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a gift to man, that it's supposed to be, in his heart, refreshing and, and restful. And so, Jesus doesn't hold so tightly to this 24-hour period, but the practice we see is a day of, of rest. And so, I think that if we can make it a day, we should make it a day. But I also think that it's, it's, it's okay if it's like, oh, gosh, that was 20 hours, what am I going to do? Right? I, think, I think God's like, hey, that's okay. Right? Like that, that's all right. But I, we should aim to follow the pattern that God began, that we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that it was a 24-hour period. So as much as we can, I believe the, the purpose of the Sabbath is to take that time off. And if we can make it a 24-hour period, then I, I think that's best. And so God, he tells us, right, remember the Sabbath 
remember it. Keep it out front, right? Keep it in front of you. Practice it. If, if you don't use it, you lose it, right? If it's always up back here, we're going to forget about something. We're supposed to remember the Sabbath, regularly bring it in front of our lives so that it's a part of our lives and we're not forgetting it. Keep it. Practice it. So what should that look like? What, what should your, your Sabbath look like? Is it, does it just mean like taking a day off and being lazy? Like sleeping till noon and then binge watching Netflix for a few hours and then like calling in food to be delivered to you and then you like text a roommate and you're like, hey, I'm on my Sabbath. Can you get the food from the front door and like bring it in my room or something? Like, like what does that look like for us to, to Sabbath, to rest? And, and maybe some of those things are involved. Like maybe you're going to watch some more TV that you didn't watch. Maybe you're going to sleep in a little bit. Um, but, but if that's all our focus is on the Sabbath, is doing these things, then we're never actually going to find the rest that God desires for us because these things don't ultimately give us rest. They're not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily bad to, to watch a movie or to, to, to relax and like have, have food delivered or something, but they're not ultimately going to give our souls rest. They're not ultimately going to refresh us. We'll be looking for rest in the wrong things and we'll find ourselves sorely lacking and disappointed. And so if that is all that our Sabbath is, then I think we're missing it. But the heart of the Sabbath, where real rest and refreshment come, what God wants for us today as we practice and remember the Sabbath is to find rest and refreshment in the presence of the Lord. That, that's what makes the Sabbath the Sabbath. I mean, we can have a day off and time off all day long, right? Like we can do that, man, all the time. What makes the Sabbath the Sabbath is that we're finding our rest and refreshment in the presence of the Lord. That's what makes the Sabbath unique. That's why God said in verse 8, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. So we're not just supposed to remember it and practice it, but there's supposed to be something about the Sabbath that is holy. That in us keeping the Sabbath, we're keeping it holy. So, so what in the world does that mean? Right? Like I can remember to take a day off easy. What does it mean to keep it holy then? So I think we have to ask, like, what makes something holy? The word holy means set apart and unique. Like, what makes the Sabbath set apart and unique? What makes it, it holy? If you remember the story in Exodus 3, and if you don't, I'll try to give you a brief summary. We got our, we got our guy Moses, who's a shepherd out on a mountain, and he's just doing his thing one day, and all of a sudden, he sees over there, he sees a bush that is on fire, but is not burning up. Now, I think most people, maybe not, but if me, I see a bush burning up, on fire, not burning up, I'm going to go check it out, right? Like, that's going to fascinate me. And so it says Moses turned aside to go see what was going on. And when he did that, God spoke. God spoke out of the bush and said, Moses, don't come any closer. Take your shoes off because you are standing on holy ground. So now what made that ground holy? Like, surely Moses had walked over before. Like, surely his sheep had walked over it. Like, it's just dirt or rock or grass or whatever. So, so what makes that ground holy that God's like, hey, whoa, 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 easy, easy? It's the presence of the holy Lord in that place that makes that ground holy. You, you go to Exodus 6, Exodus 15, I don't think that ground is holy anymore. It's holy because the presence of the holy God is there. It's the holy God that makes something holy. And so to keep the Sabbath holy means that the Sabbath is connecting us to the presence of the holy Lord. 
For us to remember the Sabbath, to stop working, to stop striving so that we can just be and live and enjoy is one thing, but to keep it holy is that that is now connecting us to the presence of the Lord. So if we're just binge-watching Netflix, but it's not connecting us to the presence of the Lord, then we're not keeping it holy. But if we're using Netflix as a way to unload and refresh and remind ourselves that God is the one who creates us with limits and that we can enjoy the gift of multi-digital media and that God is the creator of those things. I'm not kidding, right? If we can watch those things and know, okay, God created all of this, praise be to God for this incredible show, then I believe that those normal Monday things can connect us to the holy. If I can go hike and play Frisbee and remember that it's the Lord God who created my legs to walk and it's the Lord God who gave me motor skills and sight to see a Frisbee and catch it and it's the Lord God who created fajitas for me to eat afterwards, praise be to God, then those normal mundane things that, that maybe just replenish our soul are not just normal mundane things, but they're connecting us to the presence of the holy God. And so I do believe that God wants us to do things like that, to enjoy life on the Sabbath, but to remember it's the God, the creator of this world who gave us those things to enjoy. And then those things start to take a different meaning. They start to connect us to the presence of God. This is also why I believe for most, your Sabbath should be on Sunday. Because for most, this is the day when we're going to gather with the church and worship. And God uses the gathering of the church to connect us to his presence, to draw us close to him. So this is why, if you can, I would encourage, make Sunday your Sabbath, a day of rest where you're going to stop striving and working and hustling and doing anxious toil, and you're just going to be. And you're going to be in his presence, and you're going to worship him, and you're going to think about him, and you're going to let the things of the day turn your mind to him and to reflect on him and to connect you to his presence. That is what makes the Sabbath the Sabbath. That's what makes it the Sabbath. So how does this then connect us to God? Like what is, what, what is going to happen in this day that's going to connect us to God? One, it's going to intentionally redirect our focus to God. That's what he says, remember the Sabbath, right? Don't forget it, remember it. Bring it out of the periphery and bring it back to the front, right? So right now, we're all thinking about God more because we're here, right? If I was at home asleep, I'm not thinking about God as much as I am right now, right? If we're, if we're out having brunch at snooze, like I'm probably not thinking about God as much as I am right now because we're, we're singing about it, we're talking about it, like, so doing this, remembering the Sabbath, intentionally stopping from our normal routines, refocuses our mind back to God himself, the creator of the world, the purpose of everything. And so it's an intentional move from the periphery back to the front. And so just by practicing the Sabbath, it's going to redirect our mind back to him. The second thing it does is that the Sabbath, Sabbath reminds us that God is our sanctifier. So turn to a few pages to the right to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus 31, we're going to read verses 12 and 13. Exodus chapter 31, verse 12. If you don't have a Bible, the verse will be up there. And the Lord said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all you shall keep my Sabbaths. Can, can we just pause right there for a second? Like, 
If I'm just reading and I'm not reading like any words ahead and I read above all, I'm not expecting the next phrase to be keep my Sabbaths. Like it's just not, like I just didn't think it was that important to be honest. But God's like, hey, hey, above all, keep my Sabbaths. Like make sure you're doing, it's a big deal to God. Like keeping the Sabbath obviously matters. Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. Why? For this is a sign. It's a reminder. It's a divine sticky note. Anybody ever just put sticky notes up? Because you're like, I'm going to forget everything unless I write it down and literally stick it out in front of me, right? It's your divine reminder that comes on your phone. Hey, Siri, remind me to, and then it's going to pop up, right? Like the Sabbath is our divine sticky note that's going to come up in front of us and say, hey, 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 remember, put your eyes on God, right? It's our divine sticky note. This is a sign between me and you and throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. So the day when we stop working and we stop doing, we stop contributing to the ball moving forward is the day that we sit and we see that really God is the one always moving it anyways. We see that God is the one keeping things going. The word sanctify means to to transform and make holy. So when the Bible speaks of us being sanctified, it's talking about us progressively drawing closer and closer and closer to God. That we progressively reflect his image more and more and more and more. That's what the word sanctification means. It's this transformation where you and I are more and more and more looking like Jesus. And God says the Sabbath serves as a reminder that I'm the one that does that work for you. I'm the one that keeps things moving. I'm the one that provides for you. I'm the one that is really behind all of this. I mean, we're, we are control freaks, right? Like, I just think it's universal. We don't want to let go of things. We don't want to step in faith because faith means I don't actually know what's going to happen over there. Like, I want to know. I don't want to walk by faith. I want to know, like, the next few steps. And honestly, if we could lay out the next few years, that would be fantastic. I don't want to walk in faith. And so if I can just keep working and keep hustling and keep doing and I never take time off, then I'm always in control. Like I know what I'm doing and I'm contributing to things. And God's like, hey, and when you do that, you're not actually going to know that it's really me, that I'm bigger than everything. It's why God tells us to tithe, right? I don't want to hold on loosely to my money. If I make my first budget line giving back to God, well, then that money's immediately gone. And, God, and, and, and here's the great thing about tithing. God doesn't need our money. Like, God's not sitting up there thinking, like, man, I'm about to overdraw. What am I going to do? I really need the people of Austin Life to give some more money or (laughs) we're going to be in trouble. Like, he's great. His bank account is fantastic. He calls us to hold on loosely to that so that we can see he is faithful even with when we let go. And then we know him more in, in a more experiential and real way and our love for him increases and we draw closer to him. And it's the same thing with work and with time, right? When we let go of our work and our hustling and our doing, we actually get to sit back and go, really, it's it's God doing all the work. He's faithful. He's got this. He's good. The world's still spinning even without me. Who knew? And it increases our love for him. It increases our faith, and it moves us closer to his image. He is sanctifying us as we step back, take our hands off, and know that he's got this. One of my favorite psalms that I've started reading recently is Psalm 127. It says in verse 1 through 2, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. 
Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Love this verse. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. Do you know that sleep is a gift from God? It's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. Where I go, hey, you know what? For eight hours or six hours or 11 hours or whatever it is, like, I'm going to go to sleep, God, because you're not asleep and you got this. Anyone ever, like, anyone ever, like, wake up and think, I don't know that I fully slept because I was literally working through this exam or this project or this situation in my mind while I was sleeping. And God's like, hey, I got this. It's okay. You can go to sleep. Like, you can trust me to still be here at 7 a.m. and it's going to be all right. And so when we Sabbath, when we step back, we're going to learn and we're going to see he's good for it. He's faithful. He's going to increase our love for him. The last thing that we see biblically that the Sabbath does for us, so one, it redirects our eyes to God. It's just, it's just pulling things back to the periphery. Two, we see that he is faithful. He's going to complete the work. He's going to carry things forward in our lives. And then three, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 5, so if you want to turn there, it's a couple books to the right. Um, the verses will be on the, of the screen as well. Deuteronomy chapter 5, we see a repeat of Exodus 20, but then he gives us a little bit more. So he says in verse 12, observe the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath, same thing. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. As the Lord your God commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is with you within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. Right? So Exodus 20, same commandment. And then he says in verse 15, with this Sabbath, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. So here's what's going on. He's saying, hey, Israel, remember back when you were slaves in Egypt, and you were working seven days a week. You didn't have freedom. You didn't get to call any shots. You didn't get to rest and be replenished. You were working all the time as slaves in Egypt. And then remember that time you got rescued out of Egypt? You know who did that? That was me. That, 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 that was God re removing them, God delivering them. They didn't do anything to free themselves from slavery. Right? We, got the ten, we got the ten plagues that God used to force the, to force the Egyptian army, to force Pharaoh to say, okay, fine. Like, God didn't stall out at plague seven and be like, oh, man, I need three more plagues. Hey, Israel, what do you got? Like, can you give me three more plagues? Like, they didn't, they didn't contribute to that work of salvation. When they got to the Red Sea and it was, it was closed up and the Egyptian army was coming between them, you know what it says God told them to do? Hey, be still. I got this. And then God splits the Red Sea. He didn't ask them to pitch in and like start scooping water and, and like making their, their way of salvation. God did all of that for them. And so then they get to this place and they're free and they're worshiping and they don't have to work seven days a week under slavery, but they can freely enjoy God. And God says, hey, take that day off of freedom where you can just live and enjoy life and remember that I gave that to you. It's a day to remember that God delivered them. And then so now we fast forward to where Jesus in Matthew 11 is like, hey, come to me and I'll give you rest. And so this Sabbath is a day for us to remember that just like the Israelites, we were slaves. 
We were slaves to sin. We'd all walked away from God. We were all slave, uh, slaves to the sin in opposition to God. And yet Jesus came and he did all of the work to save us. He did all of the work to bring us back into a free relationship with the God of this world in whom's present is the fullness of joy. And so the Sabbath is a reminder that Jesus came in my place, that God expected perfection from you and me. From day one to the day we die, that we would never sin, and yet you and I all have walked away. And so Jesus came and he lived the perfect life in my place. And then God expected you and I to pay the price for our sins, for our sins against him, that you and I were to pay that price. But Jesus came and stood in my place and paid the price for me. And so he suffered on the cross so that my sins could be put on him and I could be set free. And then I want to live forever with God in heaven, but I don't really know how to do that. And so Jesus rose from the dead and is alive today forever so that if I trust in him, he gives me his eternal life. And so the fact that I can freely stand here forgiven of all of my sins and have a relationship with the living God of this world today and for all of eternity, I did nothing to earn. And so God says, hey, remember the Sabbath and let that be a regular reminder that Jesus has done everything in your place. That we can have freedom and life, that we can freely go and enjoy and rest because Jesus has done that on our behalf. And that's what we're called to remember. And this invitation for freedom and rest is given to all. I love the invitation in Acts chapter 3. It, it blows me away that this is the invitation. He says, repent therefore and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. The invitation is given to repent and turn back. The, the word repent means to, to let go of my own way. It means to, if I'm going this way and I'm living for myself, it means to let go of that, to surrender, and to turn my life to God, to trust him and to return to him. And so he says, repent from your, repent from your own ways and return to me, and that is when you will find times of refreshing. Listen, we will never find the rest and refreshment that our soul desires apart from repenting and turning to Jesus. We're not. So many of us are lacking rest because we have sin in our lives that we've not repented from and returned to Christ. And we wonder, why am I not finding rest and refreshment? And it's because we're still holding on to these sins that stand as an obstacle between us and the presence of the Lord. And it's in his presence that we find rest and refreshment. And so the invitation is given to all. The invitation here is given to the very people who nailed Jesus to the cross that they can repent from their sins and turn to Jesus, and he will receive them and give them times of refreshment. And so that is the heart of the Sabbath, is to turn to him, is to rest and find refreshment in him. And I really believe that for some of you here, it's the, the call, it, you've never found that rest. You've never found that initial rest of, of trusting Jesus and your sins being forgiven and you being reconciled back to God. And the invitation from Jesus to you today is come to me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you've never trusted Christ, that's the invitation. Turn from your own ways and receive the rest that comes with the forgiveness of sins and the gift of eternal life.
For others, for many, I know that you are a Christian. You've been a Christian for a while. And the invitation for, for you today is to repent and return. There's rest that's been lacking. And you've been wondering, why is something wrong? Why, is, why am I not feeling rested or refreshed? And, and it's because there's this sin that you know is standing in between you and your relationship with God. And the invitation is, hey, repent from that. Turn away from it. Lay it down and turn. And the promise is you will find life. The move of faith is trusting that we don't, we're going the wrong way and that he is the answer. And that's the invitation given. For all of us, we're called to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. To find life in him, rest in him, refreshment in him. And so my encouragement is commit a day. Probably Sunday, but maybe not. But commit a day, if you can, where you are going to intentionally stop doing what you normally do. Stop working, stop hustling, stop striving, and just be and live and turn your eyes to him. Because in his presence is where we find true rest. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church Podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.